Praise the Lord. Praise No. No. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. Inside humor, that's okay, right? Or you want me to tell you? No, I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. God is good. You know, I get excited when when God, you know, speaks to you or it teaches you something. Because it's not just, you know, for me as an individual, it's for everybody. You know, and I was studying some things and pastor asked me to teach tonight and I was like well why don't I teach what you know what I've been studying and it's um really exciting if you turn to um Exodus 12 I'm gonna start at uh verse 5 I'm gonna read for a little while so when you're there just say amen okay that was a couple that's enough for now right praise the Lord your lamb shall be without Without blemish, a male of the first year, ye shall take it out from the sheep or from your goats, and ye shall keep it in until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two sides of the post, on the upper door posts of the houses there therein, they shall eat it. They shall eat the flesh. In that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs, herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sudden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with his prudence thereof. And ye shall let, that's organs, with the prudence thereof, that means organs, the animal's organs. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat with your loins gritted, your shoes on your feet, and with your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborns in the land of Egypt, both men and beasts, and against all gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token. Everybody say token. And the token in this verse is like a sign. You know, it's an evidence of a promise. You know, a token distinguishing mark or banner. Upon the houses where ye are, and when I see the blood, say when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the lands of Egypt. I know that was a lot to read, but there's a a point behind this. I've been studying different beliefs and, you know, um, how people can get confused by um, believing false doctrine, you know, and not the full truth. See, just a partial truth isn't all truth. It's either you got the whole thing or you really got nothing, you know, and, um, I was studying um, modernism, you know, and the definition of modernism, it says it, it, it teaches that salvation lies in um, um, imitating the virtues of Christ, okay? Well, Satan, he'll do anything that he can to deceive you, to make you think that you're on the right path, that you're doing the right thing. See, just being Christ-like is not enough, just... I mean, you want to be Christ-like. We know that. We want to be like Jesus. But that's, that's not enough. That's not where salvation it doesn't lie in just being Christ-like. You know, but 
the devil, you know, he'll try and put that in your head. You know, for instance, like here in uh, verse 5 where it says, you shall find a lamb without blemish. Um, I read a definition, and it was, um, they, they kind of described what a modernist, modernism uh, religion would do. They'd go as far as taking the lamb, right, spotless lamb, okay, and just tie it up outside their doorpost door and be like, well, this lamb's perfect, you know, without blemish. There's nothing wrong with it. Just as some people will look at Jesus Christ, you know, we know he's spotless. You know, we know he's perfect. And they would think simply, well, I can just represent, I'll, I'll just act like Jesus. And that's, that's all I got to do. That's enough, you know. But that's not true. That's, that's not the case because in verse 13, it says the blood. He's only looking for the blood. The blood. So just being Christ-like isn't enough. It's very crucial to be Christ-like, but it's not enough. Another one um, is universalism, which teaches since Christ died for every soul, everyone will be saved. Okay, the Bible says if you believe on me, you, you'll be saved, right? Well, believing requires an action. Just saying, I know Christ died for me and for everybody doesn't mean everybody's saved. It's your choice. There's a free will behind this. And, um, you know, um, 1 uh, Corinthians 15, you know, 22 says, and, you know, in Christ we live. But, you know, it's in Christ we live. We, we know that, that there's more to it. You know, how do we live in Christ? It's, not, it's simply more than just saying, I believe that a God died for me, you know. Um, I, a lot of people get, and I'm not judging, I'm just saying this is stuff that I've read. Sometimes we get confused um, and we look at a historical Christ, not a redeeming Christ. We don't go any further in, in studying um, what God means because his scriptures are beyond, you know, um, just, I, I believe, in the word of God. We've got our, there's an action behind that. So this one, in they'd go even further instead of just, taking the lamb and tying it outside and seeing that it's perfect, you know, and, and on top of that, they're going to tell people, you know, hey, if you just follow this, this, this lamb, and we all know I'm talking about Jesus Christ, you know, in reference to the lamb in Exodus, but, um, you know, if we go as far as um, just being Christ-like, and they'll, they'll tell this to their family, so this is where things get passed down, you know, and, and then the family starts representing that. And um, like I said, once again, it's okay to, to be Christ-like, but um, a universalist will go even further, and um, they'll go as far as killing the lamb. Just like what they said, you know, when God told them to kill the lamb, that was the second thing that he, he told them to do, but they'll see no need to apply the blood, okay? And um, that's the thing, like, okay, so today they'll believe, well, Christ died for everybody, that, you know, through his death I'm saved, but then they won't go and take the step, and we all know the new birth, you know, being reborn, baptized in, in water and in the spirit, you know, um, they won't go as far, they won't think that that is for them, you know, they'll, they'll take the lamb, they'll know that God died for us, but then no steps further in applying the blood, once again, you know, the blood is a token, and then another one is, um, Unconditional eternal security, which teaches that is a, that it's necessary to repent, which it is, 
<laughs> you, you have to repent. But after receiving Christ, there is no possibility of being lost, no matter how great a transgressor one might become. And this, again, is a, it's another lie. You know, all three of these things that I have read, they have some truth, not all truth in them. You know, um, nowhere in the Bible does it, does it say that, you know, if we're reborn again, that, you know, salvation is guaranteed, you know, for us for the rest of our life. That would just be foolish. That, you know, we receive the Holy Ghost, we're baptized in Jesus' name, and then we leave the church. That doesn't really make sense, does it? You know, so um, and that's where Satan, you know, and is, is trying to um, deceive people by giving them a little bit of the truth when most of this, you know, is just a big lie. That's all it is. It, you know, it's a lie. And these guys, you know, um, these un, uh, unconditional eternal security, um, that belief, they'll go as far as getting the lamb, spotless lamb, you know, they'll, they'll kill the lamb, and they'll go as far as they'll apply the blood. Okay, well, don't get confused. Let me, you know, so the blood's applied. So the angel will pass, right? They'll see the blood. The death angel will pass over. But <clears throat> verse 8 says, they shall eat the flesh. Okay? And um, the, the reason why we all know that the word was made flesh, you know, and um, I'm not going to go there yet. I'm kind of getting off track a little bit, but. So if the word was made flesh, what he's saying here now in the New Testament is you've got to feed on this every, every day. And, um, you know, you've got to be prepared. Because on verse 11, we're thus shall eat with your loins gritted, you know, clothed, ready to go, you know, prepared. Not sitting there, you know, in our birthday suit just waiting for things to happen, man. I mean, be prepared, be ready. And um, so they'll apply the blood, but the thing they won't do is they won't eat the flesh. You know, so we, we, most of us know the story um, about, you know, the deliverance in the Passover. If you don't, I just suggest you attend some Bible studies. Amen? Um, but uh, so after the blood's applied, the angel will pass, pass by. But then when it's time to go, you know, when, when, when God was trying to pull Israel out, what's going to happen? is they're not going to have the strength for the trip. Okay, they're not going to be prepared to, to leave. So what, what in, in your mind is telling you is going to happen? If you're not prepared to take this long journey, most people aren't going to just sit there and die. They're going to turn back, you know, and they're going to go back into the worldly things. They're going to go back into slavery, into Egypt. And um, that's why God said, eat the flesh. Eat the flesh. Amen. And he actually does tell you to eat his flesh in here. It's in John 6, but we all know the flesh was made word. He's not telling you to be a carnivore or whatever. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, Hannibal. Amen. Um, so um, on top, or with all that, you know, with all three of those things, like I said, like I said um, you know, there's small truth into basically one big lie. Yes, we want to be Christ-like, but that's not enough. Yes, it, um, you have to apply the blood, and you have to eat the flesh. Because all these things together keep you on the path. If you weren't reading your word, I get kind of grouchy if I don't read. And um, 
I mean, there, there's, I mean, Amanda knows, and she doesn't, she's like, did you read today? I'm like, not as much as I wanted to, and I mean, it, I do, and I understand why, I see why, because what's preparing you, or what's um, shielding you for the day, if this is his whole armor, you know, you can't just say, well, God's whole armor is on me today, I'm going to go out and then not get into this, not feed the soul, that, that don't make any sense, all you're doing is setting yourself up for failure, Okay, um, I was talking to Brother Jimmy before church, and I'll mention it now. But God created man just below the angels, right? Okay, so that means that the angels have more authority than us, correct? Right? You don't have to answer because I don't want somebody saying the wrong thing and then getting mad. But so anyway, Satan's an angel, correct? Sa- Satan is is an angel, right? So do we have more? Do we have more authority than Satan? No, we don't. We don't have more authority unless we use Jesus' name. That's where our authority kind of scared some of you, didn't you? You thought I was changing what? No, but our, we have no authority unless it comes from Satan. So if you're not feeding this, if you're not seeking him, what authority do you have? You, you really don't have any authority. It's just like, you know, um, in the Bible, the archangel Michael, he came down and he rebuked Satan in what? In Michael's name? No, he said, I rebuke you. In the name of the Lord. So who has more authority if he doesn't use God? Did Satan have more authority than Michael? That's why we have to turn to Jesus. That's where our authority comes, is from him. Um, so um, if you're not feeding on this, you're going to be over, overran. And, you know, the Satan, the Satan, like, anyway, but Satan wants to try and compromise with you he'll do anything he can even if you know your sound doctrine and stuff like that he might just try and sneak just a little bit in to um you know to deceive you and stuff you know the chapter exodus chapter 8 through 10 talk about you know pharaoh you know and and pharaoh just kind of look at him as you know satan today pharaoh was a type of lucifer back then he tried to compromise with the, the children of Israel, you know, he would tell them as far as, um, you know, Moses would come there and say, let, let my people go, you know, so they can go serve. And, you know, Pharaoh would give them a, try and compromise with them saying, um, okay, you guys can go worship your God, but stay in the land. Well, that don't make any sense because, okay, anytime I say Egypt, I want you to think of sin or the world, you know, anytime I say Pharaoh, Satan, right? So, Satan is telling us, that's okay, worship your God, but I want you to stay in the world. Well, no, you can't worship Jesus Christ and still leave here being partakers of the sinful nature in the world. That's why God delivered you from it. That's, you know, so that don't make any sense. But he'll tell you those things. He'll let you think that if I come to church on Thursday night or Sunday night, and then I can go to the bar Monday, Tuesday. I use the bar because that's where I came from. Not just now, but <laughs> a while ago. <laughs> yeah, what, what message are you getting if that's where I came from? No, I'm teasing. So, but that, it, it doesn't make sense. God's word is not confusing if you pray about it. And I say if you pray about it because sometimes you'll read a scripture, don't understand it, and whine. And not get a revelation. Don't whine. God will give you a revelation if you're humble. And um, so that was the first one. He said, go sacrifice 
in the land, you know, in Egypt, still in the world, are not sacrificed. Go, you know, praise your God, but you can't, guys. You, you can't come in here fully worshiping God and being completely separated of the world and going right back into it after we leave here. That, it's not biblical. And the second one, Satan will try and compromise. You know, Pharaoh said to him, you know, go sacrifice, you know, but don't go too far. You know, he's telling them, just here, I just want you to just take a step outside of Egypt, you know, and worship your God, and, and it's okay. Well, no, that, because if Satan can keep just a little bit of you, what's going to happen when we go through trials? You know, when, when things get bad and stuff, you're going to be like, man, it wasn't that bad over there in bondage and all this. You know, so I'm, I'm just going to walk back over there. It'd just be easier. You know, no, you can't do that. You've got to be separate. Get as far away from it as you possibly can. Third thing Pharaoh said, you know, Satan will try and, and you know, he said, you go. Men, you go, but let's leave your children and stuff. No. You know, you leave your children, you know, and if you think of that today, it's like, okay, so you're worshiping God, Right? You're coming to church, and you're getting the word, and then you're going home. What are your kids getting? Are you doing Bible studies with your kids? You know, are, are you praying with your, with your children and stuff? Because, you know, it's not just for you. It's for your whole household. So you should be teaching your children, you know, because if you're not, think about it this way. The longer somebody lives in sin, wouldn't you think it'd be hard to get them changed out of or if they're or if they're in the belief of modernism or universal salvation or eternal security if they're believing something like that and that's their sound doctrine which we know is a lie you know that that's pretty tough to break somebody's foundation down that has lived with that kind of a lie their whole life and then um you know so basically what i'm saying with that is no you need to take everything okay you left the world your kids leave the world. You know, they, I know some of them are young, and they're probably not at the age of accountability, but that's not for me to judge. I'm just saying, you know, pray over them when they're first born. You know, baby dedication. It don't end with baby dedication. Keep, keep going. And the, the fourth uh, compromise Satan tries, you know, to make, or um, Pharaoh tried making, tell me, he's like, all right, you and your people go, but leave your flocks. You know, he's talking about leaving all their treasures and stuff. Leave it in the world and all that. Well, that don't work. You know, the Bible says where your treasures are, that's where your heart is, right? So, and if they leave all their substance over there, well, what's going to happen when they get out of Egypt and then all of a sudden, you know, burdens start happening, they're hungry, they've got no flocks. Well, that's just Satan's way of saying, you know what, your, your treasures are over here. I know that's where your heart is. That's a good way to get you turned back around to go back to Egypt or back into the world. And you want to get as far that as far away from that as you can. If God says take everything, you take everything. You know, um, because, if, for instance, you know, if I put all kinds of money in my car, am I going to get upset if somebody scratches my car? Probably going to get upset, you know. I mean, I don't care right now because I ain't putting any money into it because that's not where my heart is, you know. So where you put and where your substance is, it is. You know, I'm not preaching on tithing and stuff, but, I mean, tithing is biblical. 10%, you know, amen. You know, and then um, 
So with, with all those compromises, we see that Satan, anything he can. If you, he doesn't care if, if, if uh, you get a little bit of truth. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't care if you're worshiping God. He, he really doesn't. If he can get just a small piece of lie inside you, I mean, that's, that's what he'll, he'll go by. And if you, if you um, ever look sometimes, you know, and this isn't judgment. This is just, you know, Bible says you know them by their fruits. You watch people that you, maybe they're greedy or something like that, and you're like, man, why doesn't Satan attack them? Well, because he doesn't need to. Why would he have to attack somebody that he's already got control over? It, it's, you know, so you wonder why we get attacked sometimes. That's because he's aggravated. He's mad. You know, he wants to get a hold of us. And on top of that, you know, um, why doesn't Satan just come if, 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 if God would even permit him and give him permission to take one of our lives? Do you think Satan would take a saint's life? Well, that really don't make any sense because why would he want to take a life that's going to go straight home to heaven? And I'm not preaching on that. I'm just saying, you know, just think about those, those kind of things. It's like that's why we go through these small trials because the further he can get us or the closer he can get us back into Egypt, the better for him. You know, the further we stay away and feed on the word, the better we are. Attacks won't stop. They'll keep coming probably daily, maybe, you know. I mean, sometimes you'll just kind of laugh at him. You get aggravated. You'll yell at him. Be like, you're just <laughs> whatever, you know. But um, it's all right because... It's not going to stop, and that's, that's a good thing, because if you're being attacked, rejoice in those things, because he's just, he knows he's lost a soul, and Jesus Christ has gained one. So, um, also, in here, I wanted to read, let me find it, go to Second Theologians, broke that. Second, uh, yeah, Thessalonians. What did I say? Well, that was pretty close, wasn't it? <laughs> Second, oh, don't make me laugh. All right, so anyway, you know, and also, you know, I'm not cha changing the word when I say this, but the Bible said Pharaoh's heart was hardened. You know, God knows everything. From the beginning to the end. Do you think God automatically said, you know, I have Pharaoh's heart's going to be hardened? Or do you think Pharaoh had free will and he chose hardened heart? You know, it's free will. It's a choice. You know, Pharaoh tried making compromises and stuff because he knew, you know, he was wrong. Pharaoh even admitted um, a couple times, I believe, that he was a sinner, you know, and stuff. He's like, I've sinned against your God. He's, he, he confessed, you know, God. And so he admitted to that. But anyway, um, verse, oh, chapter 2, verse 10. And with all dece deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. You know, um, if, if, if you're not feeding... On, on the word, and, and you are stuck in a lie, God's gonna, he, he'll let you sit there. If you're not going further and, and doing that stuff, I mean, God's going, he'll let you believe 
that lie. I mean, and that's, that's it's scary because we being a part of the church and we see somebody sitting in on that lie, I mean, got to pray for wisdom to how to talk to them because, I mean, God's clear about this is the only way. You, you some I've heard people over and over say, I don't have enough faith. I'm not preaching on faith, but faith is in the Bible. I mean, God gives us a measure of faith, and how does your faith increase? By reading the Word, you know. And if you read the Word, the Bible says, ask for signs and wonders. Well, ask for signs and wonders, and then your faith will probably increase, you know. So, exactly. I can't wear a suit coat today because I had some personal problems, but we won't go any further than that. Pastor asked me politely not to talk about that. But anyway, so, you know, and don't be deceptive, you know. Um, that's giving an appearance and impersonating just a little bit of the, of, of the truth. You know, a lie to truth, I mean, no, it's, it's either all truth or nothing. Because I don't want just a little piece of lie. Not in the truth. Not in the truth. You know, um, Pharaoh didn't... Um, do all these things, you know, because of somebody else was convincing him. He did all that because that was his choice. Just like Satan, you know, Satan chose to try and overpower God. Well, not overpower him, but wanted to be above him. He, he chose, chose that stuff. And we all know at the end days when um, he goes to hell, he has no authority. You know, I was reading this thing that was, that was uh, pretty interesting, and it's like they'll show pictures where Satan will be standing on you know, a seat with his pitchfork and stuff. No, that's not true. Because if he, he has no authority, he's going to be just like any lost soul down there. His authority and all that stuff is going to be stripped from him. You know, Satan only has the authority that God allows him to, to, to operate in. You know, and just like us, if you operate in the name of Jesus Christ, then yes, you can rebuke Satan. But if you're not operating in that authority, I'm sorry, but you're going to struggle. It's, it's going to be tough for you. Romans 6 verse, or excuse me, Romans 5 verse 18 says, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to, come to, to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. We were all born sinners. We know that. None of us are righteous, so acting righteous isn't going to justify anything it's not going to to save you you know um but and this one's talking about adam the first adam and the second adam you know adam and then jesus but through him when that's why he came on here he came here to die and he said he gave us specific directions and and orders and stuff on what to do and if we get stuck in in that lie and and that's all we know and we don't try and seek you know the word you gotta ha you should have your own Bible. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying you should. I've gone to other churches before and I've never taken a Bible in there. Well, I'm trusting in man. You know, I mean, I really am because you know when you get up in in some churches, it's like, man, if they're not giving us scriptures or if you're not, how do you know what they're reading? I mean, you got you want to put your trust in God. Have your Bible and stuff. Even when pastor preaches, have your Bible. You know, I mean. It's your, it's your, it's your sword. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else we we do. How long have I been talking? Okay, that's it. Man, 
I got one last one. So I know I'm pretty quick sometimes, aren't you guys are like, is that it? Well, how much of it did you get is what, what I'm wondering. Because sometimes you'll come in and you, you, some of you will be preaching to you or teaching you and you, you don't really get anything. So, you know, they, like the question is, is are, you, are you hearing the word? Are you doing anything with it? You know, are we going to leave here and say, you know what, I'll just wait a little bit. I don't need to put my shoes on. I don't need to put my coat on. I don't need to have any of this stuff on. You know, I'll, I'll know when God's going to come back. Well, you're lying to yourself, and that's Satan trying to compromise to you because nobody knows when he's going to return, you know. And um, if, we're just, if we just sit here when you're being taught or preached and then you don't apply it to your life, well, you, you're really not making any change. Repentance is change. It's change. Matthew 13, 13 says, Therefore speak I to them, and parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. You know, um, if, if you are confused sometimes when, when you're being taught or preached, why not get with the person? There's no shame, you know, at, sit down and, and talk with them. Be like, you know, I really don't get it because if, if you come in here and, you're, you know, you're doing the right thing because you're taking a step and you're seeking it, but there's so much to learn. You know, if I have a question... I seek God, and then, you know, I go from there. I see what, where he's going to direct me and stuff. And if he directs me to pastor or prayer again or whatever, that's what I do. But if I don't have understanding, I need to find out because it's for us to know. You know, you know when we see the word, we've got to believe it. And, and anything that, that's in here, you know, there's times um, miracles will happen. And this, is, this verse is perfect to describe it. It's... they. The miracle happened right in front of them, but then they, they just really don't see where it came from. And it's, it confuses me, you know. I mean, everything that happens, you should point it towards Jesus Christ. Yesterday, I almost died. Now, let me finish. I'm just teasing her. My wife tried killing me. I'm going to be honest with you. Yesterday, I went to work, and she gave me four warm bottles of water in my cooler. Am I going too far? Pastor does it, so I'm supposed to do that too. But anyway, it was 90. <laughs> it was 90 degrees outside. I know, but I haven't paid for it yet. So this one time, it was 90 degrees outside, and I'm doing demolition. And I had to burn a fire, and I messaged her at 1:30. I said, "Well, it's a good thing Jesus Christ is on my side because I'm pretty sure I'd be in a hospital with a heat stroke. So I don't have any water." But anyway, I got really sick. I did. I went home last night, and I had heat cramps, and I was a baby. I'm a baby when I get sick. You can ask Amanda privately after this message. But, uh, but anyway, I mean, I was. I didn't want to talk to the boys or nothing. But anyway, I just prayed, and I said, God, please take this away. You know, I know what, I know what this is. You know, I know where it came from, and I slept last night, and I woke up this morning, and I if they weren't sleeping, I would have been running around the house screaming and rejoicing because I felt, you know, better. And that's the thing. Like, I know that God did it. Even though that I sat in sickness that night, I mean, it had nothing to do with Amanda. You know, it just, well, what am I going to do? I bet you I could have laid there for two or three days sick and whining and moaning, but I didn't. I wanted God to take it away, and he showed me that he can. You know, and it's just as, it's not always just you either, you know. Just like the Bible says your substance and stuff, your things that you treasure, you know, well, not 
treasure. You get what I'm saying. But the things that you have, you know, if something breaks, you can pray over it. And I promise you, Jesus Christ can fix those things. You know, I had my heater go out of my car last year, I think it was. Amanda prayed over it, and the heater works. Probably better than the air conditioner does. <laughs> but And she's got a thing, obviously, for heat because she tried killing me through heat stroke and all that. So she probably got a gift on making heaters work. <laughs> Just reminding but then it's as far, you know, it's, it's all those things. It's like God does everything. He's in control of everything. You know, that's why I like when, when you know, when pastor preaches, you know, stop giving Satan all the credit. He don't get no credit. If you're getting tried, that's because God's allowing it to happen. And is it bad that God's allowing it to happen? No. You know, where's your heart? You know, where's your heart at? That's the, that's the thing, you know. And there's a, I'll give one more and then I'm going to quit talking. I've said you know probably 18 times or something, you know. <laughs> but I had somebody talking to me about their car, and they went and they got their oil changed. I don't know if I told you this one before. but uh, So they went to go get their oil changed, and they said their tire alignment was off and all messed up. Well, they couldn't afford it at the time. And then they, you know, after three or 4,000 miles later, they went back to get their oil changed, and they went to a different place. And this is where I started laughing. You know, they're like, but my alignment wasn't off. I'm like, okay, praise the Lord. They're like, how could people rip me off like that? I'm just thinking in my head, it's like, it's got nothing to do with people. Your alignment on your car, I mean, if there's any mechanics in here, doesn't just all of a sudden go straight. It's going to stay like that unless God has other plans. And I was looking at, you know, the, you know, um, the path, like how these guys have been walking and whatnot. And their alignment was fixed like just after they were baptized in Jesus' name and received the Holy Ghost, just after they became blessed, you know. God's going to do those things to you. Even if you're witnessing to people, don't think the Spirit of God's not with them because the Spirit of God is, the rapture hasn't happened, so the Spirit of God is still here. You know, His Spirit's still leading those that are, that are lost, but just like Pharaoh, it's, it's their free will and stuff. I'm going to close with just saying, don't get caught up in a compromise. Don't get caught up in a small lie. If you don't have understanding, do not sit there and try and come up and fit it for your lifestyle. Don't try and say, well, you know what? Baptism is just for my sister or, or the Holy Ghost is just for my brother and all that. No, it's, it's for everybody. All this points to Acts 2.38. You know, baptizing spirit and, you know, repentance, water baptism. It all points to that. Salvation and we know what the blood is when you're baptized. Then, then the blood's covering you and stuff. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the power. You need his word. So, amen. Yeah. Amen. Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. All right. Looks like I got a half hour yet to finish this. I'm kidding. I do, I do want to leave with this. Galatians chapter Chapter 3, verse 24. If you want to improve your study time, um, there's, a, there's a method of study called first mention, the study of first mention. And what it means is, is that you go back to find the first time it is um, mentioned in the Bible. And it usually will explain some biblical truth deeper than maybe you're getting where you're at. And uh, I love studying the New Testament. There's types and shadows from it. Um, this scripture right here said, therefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us into Christ, that we might be justified 
by faith. You really want to learn something about God, go back to the schoolmaster. Go back to when it was introduced. Go back to when it was taught. And you'll start getting revelation. You'll start getting understanding. It'll start pointing to, like Brother Tyler was saying, start pointing to salvation or pointing forward to the New Testament. I know a lot of people say, well, I don't, I'd read through the Bible. I just don't like the Old Testament, all the these and thous and begotten and behooves and all that type of stuff. Well, if you, if you really, 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 really want to get to know God, go back to when he first started talking about something and, and some powerful things start coming forward. And, and um, I love the fact, in fact, I might have to preach that sometime. I hope I get invited to preach out sometime uh, where Egypt said, you can worship, but don't leave the land. I like that. Don't leave the world. I, I'm going to preach that sometime. <laughs> Not to you because Tyler, you'll say, well, that's Tyler's thought. I'm like, no, I'd... amen. Anybody have any testimony or anything we want to say in closing or?